What's up, guys? I just want to give you guys a little explanation here on why it's been so long since my last podcast. You're actually going to end up hearing two intros here, but it is what it is. I thought you guys deserved an explanation. Um, I've been going through some stuff personally. Um, the past week was kind of difficult for me. Everything that I recorded, I hated the way it sounded. I get halfway through it and it click in my head that I didn't like it and I just kind of power through it. And I didn't like the way it was. It was almost like I was half-assing it and I, like I said, just didn't like it. With sneakers for me, sneakers were always a way to make my me feel better about myself, I think. I've always been a big guy my whole life. I've always been a big guy. So to me, like, when I would go out and I knew that I had some dope shit on and I knew that I had, that I was the only dude out there that was matching head to toe or, you know, whatever the style was at the time, um, it always made me feel better about myself. As of late, I've noticed that, like, I haven't really been rocking heat, um, the stuff that I've always loved just kind of been sitting in the closet because I haven't really been feeling it. I haven't really been feeling myself for how I've looked. Um, and to be honest, in the past five years, I've gained a ton of weight. And it's just, I have a hard time going out and feeling good about myself and stuff. So... I've sorry about that guys my son just grabbed me and made me go restart his PJ masks but like I've been saying um I just I haven't been feeling good about myself um some other personal stuff that's been going on um I've been kind of trying to focus hard on cutting out a lot of the a lot of the pop that I drink and things like that and just sticking to water. Um, and coming off this weekend, I had a not very good weekend as far as that goes with my son's birthday party and that type of stuff. But ultimately, the reason why I didn't put anything out last week was mostly just because I didn't like the content. Um... I've stated before that I'm a big Gary V fan, and Gary V is a big pusher, just putting out content, not being perfect. But unless I'm really hyped about what I'm talking about, and unless I'm feeling things, you know, I, I want this to be authentic. You know, I'm I'm giving you guys this glimpse into my life. Because I want you guys to feel me on a personal note too. Um, so that's the whole reason for my hiatus. Um, I'm really hoping to get back into this. I know we got a lot of big stuff coming soon. Um, I got a lot of good stuff on the way. Um, we're working things out. We might have... Might have some big news for you guys coming soon. We'll see. Um, but once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. Um, thank you for everything. Um, as always, if you want to reach out to me, my social media is at Biggie S'mores, at B-I-G-G-I-E underscore S-M-O-R-E-S, and that's my Snapchat, my Twitter, and my Instagram. So, I'm just going to cut into the show here now. Um, like I said, you're going to get a second intro, but it's all good, guys. Thank you.
What's up, crew? It's your boy Biggie S'mores back at you with another episode of the Biggie S'mores Show. As always, you can find me on social media. The handle's at Biggie S'mores, at, at, excuse me, at B-I-G-G-I-E underscore S-M-O-R-E-S. Um, you can hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Let me know what you think. Um... Let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear in the future. Tell me that my voice is terrible. Whatever you want. Hit me up. Let me know. Uh, this week, we're going to have... We're going to talk a little bit about Grant Hill signing with Fila. That's kind of our big story. I'm going to get into a little bit of NFL, NBA talk. And... We are going to go over the releases we got coming up. And we're going to get into the releases we got coming up in the next coming week here. Um, First off, let's kick it up with some of that NFL talk. So the NFL had kind of a wild weekend. Um... I'm not really going to talk about the whole league. I don't know if I've stated it on this show before. Everybody knows I'm a Pistons fan. I love Detroit sports, except for football, actually. Um, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and I don't necessarily have a specific reason for that. Um, I've been a Bears fan as long as I can remember, and I got to the point that I couldn't change teams. I do love my... Navy blue and orange. So we've had a a rough stretch here. Um, things are kind of turning around right now. We're gonna see where it goes. Um, but as far as actually me being a Bears fan, um, I like I said I don't know where it really came from. Both my mom and dad are Lions fans. Um, my older brother Mike was. I remember when we were kids, he was kind of a Bears fan, but he doesn't even pay attention to football anymore. Um, so for me, it just, like you said, I kind of got to the point where I was too old to change teams, and um, now I'm to the point where I wouldn't want to anyway. I've been through all the ups and downs, and I've got to see him go to a Super Bowl cried that night we lost I still hate Peyton Manning because he has my ring things like that um so basically when I'm gonna talk about NFL for the most part it's gonna be a lot of NFC North talk um with that being said last week I was scared to death that whole game um up against the Jets I just, I felt like I felt like that game against the Jets was a game that we were gonna drop um, the way we played against Miami, the way that, the way that, uh, we lost to New England. I mean, that the New England game was close and, but I just, I really felt like we were going to drop this game to the Jets and we come out and it was, it was kind of, uh, kind of tight for a while and then the Bears just kind of took over, but what I really loved about last week, though, was we went in, we went into the games last week in last place and came out all the games in first place, so that was pretty damn cool to me. Um, which meant everybody else in the division lost. Um, so, and I don't hide it. I don't. Don't deny it. I hate the Green Bay Packers. I hate Aaron Rodgers. Um, so for me, I I like to think that I'm a sensible fan. And I like to think that I can be pretty uh, unbiased. So for me, looking at that Green Bay loss last week against... St. Louis. I think there was a lot of positive for Green Bay to take out of that game. I mean, you just stuck with the best team in the league. 
Um, but the things that I don't like Green Bay for reared their ugly heads right after that game. Um, I'm sure everybody's seen it by now a week later. Um, I'll get into this week's game in a minute. But, you know, Ty Montgomery taking that kick out of the end zone ends up fumbling it. After the game, all these guys are coming out and they're saying, oh, I told him to take a knee, I told him to take a knee. Um, We got Aaron Rodgers. We're going to have the best chance, blah, 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 blah. Well, here's the thing. You don't go out and throw a guy under the bus like that. You just don't do it. Um, Whether you told him to take a knee or not, Because I can guarantee you, if some magic happened and Montgomery would have taken that to the house or even taken it to midfield where you could have ran one play, two play, get you into field goal range, you guys kick a field goal to win the game, like, this would be completely different. Completely different. Not a single person would have come out in the media right after that and been like, hey man, I told Ty to take a knee in the end zone. I told him to just take a knee, you know. Um, it shows. It shows how quickly that fan base is to turn, because it shows how quickly that fan base is to turn. Because you've got a fan base that doesn't remember what it's like to lose. You know, they've been good for almost 30 years now, you know. And a lot of people, you know, when, this is one of the things that drives me nuts. They'll have a bad game come out, lose, um, everybody's trashing Mike McCarthy's play calling, everybody's saying Mike McCarthy needs to go, everybody's saying, oh, they should be able to do more, they should be able to, they should be able to win more games, man, they haven't built anything around Aaron Rodgers, they have done Aaron Rodgers on injustice, I'm, as I stated, I hate Aaron Rodgers, I'm the first to tell you he's a great quarterback, so the fact that they haven't built anything around him to make him better is a travesty. And um I don't necessarily I don't necessarily think that Mike McCarthy's the best coach. But Mike McCarthy's done a damn good job with what he's had throughout these years. So um that that's that that was my problem with with that loss to St. Louis. Now let's get into the Bears win over the Bills. If you want to know the truth, once again, <laughs> I was scared to death to go against the Bills. We're going into the Bills. Um, we're going into the Bills, into, into Buffalo. We're points favorites. We're, it, everything around that game had the making of a trap game. Everything around that. The Bills' defense is actually pretty good. So, I th- I was real, real nervous. And we ended up blowing them out. I was really, really impressed with that team. The defense played good even without Khalil Mack for the second straight week. It was... It, it was a good, good win. Um, if you guys want to know the truth, I didn't see the St. Louis-New Orleans game. I really wish I would have. Um... And then I didn't see the majority of the Green Bay uh, New England game. I just know that it was pretty tight. And then next thing I knew, I saw the final score. And so I I don't really know what happened there. Um, but Minnesota beat the Lions, which is good and bad for my Bears, I guess. Um. The Bears are going to have a hell of a stretch here. The next three weeks, we play division games. We got 
Detroit, Minnesota, and then Detroit again on Thanksgiving. It's going to be a tough, tough matchup. Um, what's up, boo-boo? Daddy's working. Daddy's working. I'll be out to help you out in a second, all right? All right? Anyway, um, I think that the Bears have a legit shot this year. Um, I don't, I don't want to get crazy and say that they're going to win the Super Bowl. What I mean by legit shot is I think, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think we could upset, um, we could upset, upset in maybe the wild card round, make it to a divisional game. Um, man, it's the best Bears team I've seen in a while, and I'm, I've been pretty happy with it. Now, um. I kicked a little NFL flow for you for the first time this week. Let's get to some NBA stuff. So let's talk some NBA. Uh, first off, my Pistons started out great. They were 4-0. Really had the ball rolling. Blake Griffin was playing great. Um, then they've dropped four cents. Uh, they're not 4-4. Four and four. Uh, a big loss to Philadelphia after all the shit talking and all that that was going on. Um, Embiid still trying to talk some big shit. He had a big game. Brock, come talk to me when the season's done and you've actually made it a whole season and your glass feet haven't broken, those glass knees haven't broken, nothing. Then you can come talk to me. Once you make it through a whole season, you can start talking some shit then. But, man, shut up now, dude. You ain't the process. You're not the process. The process was tearing down the Sixers so they could rebuild with those draft picks. You ain't the process. Ben Simmons is better than you. You ain't the process. So keep it on lock. Um, Clay had that huge game. With Clay Thompson had that huge game where he had 10 threes in the first half, 14 through the three quarters that he played. I mean, just outrageous, man. That's just outrageous. Golden State's looking unstoppable. Um, as I stated in an earlier episode of a Noogie there, I don't see anybody being able to beat Golden State, especially once Boogie gets healthy. Um... I just I I can't see it. There's not not a chance in the world. Um everybody's been talking about the Lakers and their struggles and whatnot. They're four and six right now. Um we all could kind of see this coming once LeBron didn't get anybody else there. You know, I mean this team's a young team. This team's interesting. Um with LeBron, I mean, you're still going to automatically win more games because you got LeBron. But it's interesting because, you know, a lot of those veterans are just, they're just on one-year deals. So a lot of them want minutes so they can hopefully land a deal next year. And so I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of infighting throughout the season. I, I still think they can be 7th, 8th seed somewhere in there, and they're not going to make it. They're going to lose the first round. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if they can get something together. We'll see if they can throw a good trade package together and get somebody else in there to help LeBron. Um, they've, like I said, man, they've been, they've been struggling, but we'll see how it goes. The team that nobody thought was really going to struggle which surprised me, but I'm not a basketball analyst, I guess. Uh, the Houston Rockets have looked horrible, other than P.J. Tucker's footwear game. Um, <laughs> the thing is, I get you know, what do you expect when you lose two two great defenders, and you get Carmelo Anthony back, the 1999 Jeep Cherokee. You know, 
Um, I know he had that huge vintage game the other night, both him and CP3, and I just I don't see that happening. I don't see it continue to happen. I don't see them being able to pull that off. Um, like I said, it's it's hard to imagine anybody taking the Warriors out. Um, as far as the East goes, though, the Celtics have looked damn good. Um, Gordon Hayward hasn't really seemed like himself. Um, I think he's still kind of struggling to get back into things. Toronto's been good. The surprise that I still don't really hear anybody talking about, I'd shout out to Mina Kimes because I heard her bring it up. I believe it was on the Levitard show the other day. But... She brought up the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis is good. Giannis has got a, a a guy that can coach there as well with him. So I think the Bucks are going to surprise a lot of people in the East. Um, you just I don't know if it's just because it's Milwaukee that you're not hearing a lot of talk about it, but I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, so we'll... Just keep an eye on it. I mean, we're talking for for some teams. You're ten games into the season right now, so who really knows? Who really knows what's going on, guys? Um, but to go from the NBA talking now into some NBA talk of the past, let's hit you with that Grant Hill story right now. So. Big news coming out of Italy with the signing of Grant Hill to a lifetime contract. Now, I'm one of those guys that would have thought Grant Hill would have never went back with the history that he had with the foot problems wearing Fila. I think that it's a bit of a surprise. It's a bit of a shock. Um, But at the same time, it's a a very big move for the brand to keep to keep themselves relevant as of right now Fila is saying that they are not that they have no plans of doing any new like performance basketball products but we'll see down the line especially with Puma and New Balance making a comeback, and I think um, this could really, really o- open a door for some more some more brands to get involved in the basketball sneaker world. Um, for a, for a little while now, you know, the basketball shoes haven't always been the focus of fashion. So, you know, everything's kind of leaned towards performance. So, I think that this might be a good period in time to where some of these other brands can get either back into the game or, you know, start fresh in it. Um, but the, this Grant Hill story is a big, big thing for me personally, being a Pistons fan... Um, I'm a little bit too young to really, to really remember Grant, um, as a Piston. So, I, myself, um, I know Grant more through YouTube and all that, but I also do understand that impact that he had. Because in those couple years after the bad boy era to Grant being drafted and playing, those were some pretty rough years for the Pistons. So it is it is a very big deal. Grant was a lot to that city. There's a lot to rejuvenating basketball in that city. Um but just a little background on Grant. Um, I know a lot of people know, but I'm just going to give it a quick rundown. He uh, he went to Duke, um, won two national championships there, was a teammate with 
the most hated college basketball player ever in Christian Leitner. Which, if you got, if you want more insight on Grant and that Duke program, those years there, go watch the uh, ESPN Thirty for Thirty. Um, I it's called I Hate Christian Leitner. That is that that'll give you a lot more insight on all that. Um, Grant's dad was actually a professional football player. He played running back in the NFL. He played for the Cowboys the Redskins, and the Browns. Um, in the 1994 NBA draft, Grant was drafted third overall by the Pistons. In that 94-95 season, he was actually co-rookie of the year with another guy you may have heard of who may have also played like 20 years in the league. Uh, just a small point guard named Jason Kidd. I, I don't know if any of you are going to remember him. Um, and my, my favorite memory of Grant actually comes uh, from something that I didn't see live, but I've seen on YouTube many, many times. And to me, this moment defines him, and it defines kind of that that Detroit style of basketball. Um, it's a, a a series with Alonzo Mourning that I'm sure a lot of y'all remember, uh, where Grant is defending Zoe. Zoe is trying to post him up, and they're. They're fighting around and stuff, and they get tangled up. And neither of them, you know, neither of them want to back down or let go, or so they end up going to the ground, tangled up, arms tangled up, everything. Zoe goes down, and his head bounces off the floor. Grant uh, pops back up. Zoe pops back up. They kind of get into a little bit. And what I think is the most impressive thing about it is with. Alonzo Mourning having that reputation that he had. Alonzo Mourning was a badass. So, you know, having that reputation that he had and going and for Grant to be able to just pop back up, Grant didn't back down one single bit. I thought that was, like I said, that that almost defines exactly what Detroit basketball has been about for the last 30 years now I'm over 40 years even you know so that that is a very very telling thing and then um next series down the court for the Pistons Grant's got the ball Grant shakes his defender he goes down an open lane Zoe steps over to try and defend him as Grant's going up to dunk it. Zoe goes up for the block, and Grant dunks right on him, posterizes him. He just posterized Alonzo Mourning. That like that's that's what my brain had to go through, man. Grant Hill posterized Alonzo Mourning. It was amazing. So Grant throws it down. Immediately right after he throws it down, turns back around, starts walking towards Zoe, and you know all all his Pistons teammates are chest bumping him and stuff, and trying you know you you can tell they're trying to you know keep a little bit of buffer between the two. But I mean, that takes a set of balls right there to come back down the court and then dunk on Alonzo. That takes a set, man. That is, like I said, that meant, like I said, like two or three times already, man. That defines Detroit basketball. That is Detroit heart right there. So, um, that's my favorite Grant Hill moment. You guys can let me know what yours is. Um, remember, my social media is at Biggie S'mores. That's at B-I-G-G-I-E underscore S'mores. And that's everywhere. Um, Instagram, Snapchat, 
um, Twitter. So, like I said, let me know what your favorite Grant Hill moment is in Detroit. So just a little bit of background on Fila. I was trying to do some research. I, I honestly don't know a ton about the brand. Um, I've only had one pair myself. Uh, they were all white F13s that I picked up at a Champs for. I think they were 20 bucks. Um, I rocked those quite a bit. And then I did... I rocked those for quite a bit. And then I did a little custom job on them, actually. Um, where I made them... Um, they had, uh, like, the, the patent um, Fila line down the side. It was, like, patent white. But what I ended up doing was I taped everything else off except for, like, the Fila logos on it. And I made all those green. And it turned out pretty dope. I mostly did it to have a shoe that I would go with my Mich- with some of my Michigan State stuff. Because um, I remember it was it was actually right around March Madness. So, um, that's getting a little sidetracked. But anyway, I've been try- I was trying to do some research uh, to get a little bit more familiar with the brand. So, Fila was founded. There's multiple... Um, there was multiple different founding times for Fila. Uh, it varied from 1911 to 1926. Um, they were actually founded in Italy, um, by the Fila brothers. They're, originally they made clothes for people that lived in the Alps. Um, their primary, no, their primary product that they were known for was actually underwear. Um, it wasn't until the 1970s that they started getting into sportswear. And Bjorn Borg was... I'm not positive that he was the first person that they had signed. But he was easily the, the most... He was the first really recognizable person that they had. Um, they really, really got into tennis um, throughout, like the 70s and the 80s um they were really actually seen as not necessarily a like luxury line but they were definitely a little bit more high fashion um and then they didn't really break into that basketball market until Grant Hill um they did have basketball shoes and stuff in the earlier 90s but like I said they just didn't have that impact that Grant had Grant Hill's first shoe sold one, over 1. 1.5 million pairs which is insane to think about um, it's the highest volume of shoe sales for a person's first signature since the Air Jordan 1 so that tells you a little bit um that tells you a little bit about that power that Fila and Grant had together. Um, and then c- combined with his rookie of the year and just the way he played and stuff, um, the Grant Hill 2 actually sold $135 million worth of product for Fila. That is absolutely insane. Which then leads to 1997, where Grant Hill signs a, what at the time is a mind-blowing extension with them. That was It was a seven-year deal that was worth $80 million. And um, as, I, as I was researching this, Somebody goes, well, that's you know, that's crazy because that's only ten million less than what LeBron was getting. I could be wrong about this. Um, correct me if I am. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, LeBron's deal was a three-year, ninety million dollar deal. LeBron's first deal, his rookie deal. Um, it was a three-year, nine ninety million dollar deal. So. 
um, that that's a crazy jump from the seven years eighty million. And I, I, just to give you guys some perspective on maybe some of the reasons why at least shoes went so well. For one thing, they were a good looking shoe. The Grant Hill line was good looking kicks that performed fairly well. I like I said I can't necessarily speak for performance, but from what I'm seeing and reading in this research that they were pretty good shoes. Um to but like I said j- just to give you a little feel for maybe why they were sold selling so good. Um Grant Hill was the first player to finish in in the top 20 in points, rebounds, and assists all in the same year. Um, And nobody's done it since except for uh, Kevin Garnett, which he did in 2003. So, I mean, that that in and of itself is telling you that's that's pretty nuts. Um, in his six seasons in Detroit, he was twenty. He scored twenty one point six points a game, had six point three rebounds and four point one assists. Um, and actually, if you if we go back to his rookie year for a second, he was one. He was one tenth of a point shy of averaging. Um, that twenty-five and five number, that um, is pretty magical for a rookie. Um, like I said, he was one tenth of a point shy. He averaged nineteen point nine points. Um, I believe it was six point three rebounds. I actually I don't have it written down. Um, and then like four point eight assists or something, it, somewhere in there. Or no, I'm sorry. I think it was like five point eight assists. It was somewhere in there. He was at. He averaged. He like I said, he was just that one tenth of a point off the twenty five and five, which is a magical number that Oscar, MJ, um, what obviously LeBron, um, because he had the LeBron twenty five and fives after his rookie year, um. And I think Tyreek Evans are like the only guys to do. So, um, after his ankle injuries and that, and his contract was up with Fila, he moved to Adidas, where he had quite a bit. You know, he was he was still a solid player at that point. Obviously, he had lost a little bit from his injuries and whatnot. Um, I think it was 2001 or 2002 was when he was traded to Orlando, and he got Orlando put everything behind him. They gave him a massive deal, and unfortunately, Grant was never the same after that ankle injury. Um, he went on. He played for the Magic, the Suns, and the Clippers after that. Um, excuse me, and he had what I would consider a pretty successful career. Um, he settled into being a role player, and he played his role. Um, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame just this year in 2018, and it was one of those, one of those, uh, Kind of surprising Hall of Fame inductions because he's you know the first ballot. Um, not that not that I don't believe that he's a Hall of Famer, but it was just it was kind of surprising to see right away. Um, but like I'd stated before, Felix came out and said that they don't really have any plans on trying to re-enter the performance basketball market. They like having this partnership so they can actually you know re-release these Grant Hill shoes under their original names which is also a very very important thing to me because as I've stated before sneakers 
are a lot about the stories. They're a lot about things that go on around them, I guess. Um, so, like, to re-release a shoe, call it the Fila 96, but not really have that whole story, the whole, um, that whole Grant Hill, this was his shoe, yada, 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 to not really have all that, that's, that's not good. Um, and actually, I was listening to Outside the Box, another sneaker podcast out there, and Nick Ingvall, shout out to him, he brought up the story that I had never heard, that um, every, everybody knows the the Tupac cover where Tupac's wearing the Feli Grant Hills. But Grant Hill actually just sent him a pair of those because he liked Tupac's music. And he just sent him out a pair. It's not like he knew that Pac was going to wear them on the cover or anything, but Pac just thought they were fresh and went out and rocked them. Which is pretty cool. And like I said, I didn't know that story before. But that that's one of the things around it. Now, you can argue a little bit that Sometimes those stories are played out by some of the stuff we see from Jordan Brand and that. But for the most part, Grant coming full circle back to Fila, I think is a very, very cool thing. It's very important for that brand. And hopefully, hopefully Fila can get some play out of this. Hopefully Fila can make a little bit of a comeback. To have the fall that it's had um, is really surprising. And so I kind of hope they can come back to grace here. All right, guys. So this coming week, we actually have a lot of Adidas in the lineup. Adidas has a six-sneaker pack dropping with Undefeated. Um, That's going to be dropping the ninth which I believe would be Friday, I believe. I'll edit out how long it took me to figure out that three days later from Tuesday would be Friday. But that's a whole nother thing. Um so and actually things actually start on Wednesday here. Um, with a parlay by Adidas NMD STLT dropping in core black. Um, the sneaker is a little bit different because it is um, mostly made from recycled materials. Um, it's got that prime knit upper. Like you said, that's mostly um, from the recycled material and that. And then the sneaker itself is mostly black, but it's got like a a blue. It's the color is blue spirit, I guess. Um, it's got kind of like a blue wavy type accent going on in the sneaker. I think it's actually pretty dope. Um, I you know as I've stated before, I'm not so big on Adidas, but these I think are actually pretty dope. Um, retail on them is going to be one forty. Now getting into that uh that undefeated pack, um like I said they got six undefeated collabs dropping. Um there's a pure boost RBL, um it's a mostly black upper with uh some gray accents along the top where that elastic is. Uh, um you have your undefeated branding. Um, the color on all these is technically core black, but you know, it'll be core black, core black, core black, but a lot of them look like they have more of a, a, a gray hue to them than the black. Um, anyway, the, the retail on those pure boosts RBLs is 
200. Um, the next shoe we got is the Adazero Adios Boost. Um, once again, it's that core black, but it kind of looks more gray. Those are going to retail at 180. Um, then you got the uh, the Adi Boost XT or the Adazero XT Boost. Um, with so with some actually it's pretty dope undefeated branding on around the, like the top of the sock those uh you're looking at retail about 160 um we got the pure boost go which has kind of a a lighter gray upper and then uh darker gray accents on it um if i'm not mistaken it's the cheapest shoe out of this pack um that's going to retail at about 100 bucks um then we got the ultra boost clear onyx which is a gray upper um but that cage is clear um i think they look super dope um that's one of the adidas models that i absolutely love um and then the other one is another ultra boost um that's basically flipped from the clear onyx ones um it's got uh kind of a black upper with uh a gray cage or i'm sorry like a, a a more grayish upper with like a black cage um like i said those i think those are easily the best model out of this pack those two um ultra boosts adidas i think needs to do more with the ultra boost but that's just me um and then they also have a collab with kinfolk dropping that i think is really dope it's another ultra boost basically it's an all navy upper with some kind of they called it indigo um hints of indigo but they're all they it blends very well with that navy once again i think they're a pretty dope shoe um retail on those is going to be about 220 as far as from nike for this weekend goes we got two air max 97s dropping you got a silver and a gold um there's their um black upper with basically a black upper with then i don't really know, i don't know how you describe the 97s so but it's basically a black upper and then a gold or silver lower part uh with red swoosh and branding accents they're pretty dope um those you're looking at 174 of course we have the air jordan 3 chlorophylls drop in which from what i can tell from the reaction early either you're gonna love them or you're gonna hate them i myself actually i'm digging them um they remind me of the green bean five from 2007 without that 3m um i might have a soft spot because i used to have a pair that i beat the shit out of um so like i said i'm i'm feeling them um, I'm definitely going to try and scoop a pair on the low, though. See if I can get a pair for cheap. Um, in a couple weeks, I'm going to be heading... I'm going to be taking a little trip. So, I'm going to see if maybe I can cop a pair when I'm down there. Um, and then, we also have a, another Off-White collab that's dropping. The 97 Men Menta, I believe. Um, those... I definitely think they're probably the best looking off-white shoe next to maybe the Presto. Um, still not a huge fan. I do love the swoosh on them and the way that it's that green, that green flowing into the blue, flowing into the red. I think that's really dope. Um, those are going to retail at 190 uh, They do have like your typical off-white branding like on your lateral side they got um like the off-white 
logo, Portland, Oregon, all that stuff. Your tongue tag is coming off the side, things like that. It's your typical stuff. Um, as far as releases go this weekend, things are kind of mild. That undefeated pack is all right, if you ask me. Once again, the only models that I'm really that into from that pack are going to be those Ultra Boosts. That Kinfolk Ultra Boost is dope. We're going to... We're, I guess uh, we're just going to have to wait for a couple weeks before we get the real heat, guys. So, guys, that's our show for you this week. Um, let me know what you think about everything. The social media is at Biggie S'mores. That's at B-I-G-G-I-E underscore S-M-O-R-E-S. Hit me up on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram. Let me know what you think. Um, I'm trying to get that content out there for you guys. Trying to make things happen. Um, So, like I said, man, feedback's a super important thing for me. Um, Let me know about things you want to hear me talk about. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Let me know that you don't like my voice. Let me know that things I can improve on for you guys. Things that will get you excited. Um, just let me know. Give me that feedback. I've been really working on stuff. I'm hoping that my podcasts are getting better each and every week. So continue... Continue to let me know. Thank you to everybody that's listened out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Peace. Much love to you.